The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. everybody welcome to the pick six podcast i'm will brinson i'm your host it is monday april 4th oh may the fourth be with you no just kidding that's for may wow <laughs> i was doing a star wars joke but it didn't come across this is actually mock draft monday 8.0 in the feed you can check out free agency grades for every single divisions coming up more draft episodes so stay tuned for those and well, happy Masters Week, everyone. Prop games are back. The world's best golfers are teeing it up at Augusta, and we have an opportunity for you to win big bucks without even hitting a tee shot. You can win up to 25 grand, 25 smackaroos. Playing our props game this week by visiting cbssports.com slash props or by downloading the CBS Sports app. The game is 100% free to enter. All you have to do is answer some questions, compete against the world for your chance to win a 10 thousand dollar first price prize if you get every question right it's 25 grand for you once again to play all you have to do is visit cbssports.com slash props or on the cbs sports mobile app a link in the description is provided ryan wilson what's up buddy hey 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 how's it going pro days how much everybody's running a four four have you run a four four yet uh kevin Bo- kevin boyard ran a four four right i believe he got it down to four one five i believe by the, by the time it was over yeah these, uh, should we be, should we be skeptical about these pro day, uh, 40 times? Cause they are quite quick. They're all insanely fast. But I, I think the thing is that we sort of get caught up on a draft Twitter is that NFL teams aren't changing a whole lot based on what they see these guys do in person 40 times wise. So, uh, I mean, four, two eights are great and I, I get all that. But I think if you had a fourth round grade in a guy, he's not going to magically become a first rounder because they're in a four, two, eight. Debo could talk, um, extensively about the, Mike Mamula effect, the workout warrior. <laughs> Ouch. That, uh, the Eagles trapped in the first round. It didn't work out. Well, uh, one guy who ran a unofficial 444 was Kyle Pitts, which considering he's 6'5, 245, hi, yi, yi, Next gen stat says if that number is true, Pitts will be the sixth prospect in our database since 2003. By the way, really? You started doing next-gen stats in 2003 NFL? That, that's when you decided to start keeping track of this stuff? Uh, with a 99 production and athleticism score. The other athletes in that, the five other athletes to make that list, Mario Williams, NC State legend, who wasn't as good as he probably should have been, but what an incredible freak show athlete. Eric Berry, Berry Horse, Saquon Barkley, sheesh, Denzel Ward and Devin White. That is a good group of dudes to be associated with if you want to be an athletic freak. Um, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is the team that has the, like, it's, I guess it's the Falcons, Bengals, or Dolphins. I mean, you don't need a quarterback or you, you know, Falcons might in the future, but you know, you're, you're not desperate for a quarterback right now. Should you just take Kyle Pitts? Yeah, what I've been saying on radio recently is that Kyle Pitts feels like this year's Chase Young in terms of a layup draft pick, a guy you can take in the top five and not get worry about getting fired anytime soon. 
And I, I think that's exactly right. So it certainly feels like quarterbacks are going off the board one, two, three. So at four, where the Falcons are, do they take a quarterback? Does the new coach and new GM want to stick with Matt Ryan? Uh, do they want to take an offensive lineman? So I think Falcons have quarterback, offensive line, tight end questions in terms of where they might go. The Bengals, you feel like they have to take an offensive lineman if Panay Sewell's there. But I mean, Kyle Pitts certainly makes a ton of sense. And the Dolphins were able to trade from three down to 12, back up to six and still get Kyle Pitts. That is, I mean, that is GM of the year honors right there wrapped up for Chris Greer, it feels like. So I, I don't think he gets past six, um, Kyle Pitts. Well, um, I'll be honest, like I've watched uh, some Kyle Pitts, but not a ton. How do you feel like he operates as a blocker? He's, he's actually, Pete always says he, he's not going to do much as a blocker. He can block. But by the way, you ain't drafting Darren Waller to block. You're drafting Darren Waller to destroy linebackers, safeties, cornerbacks. And that's, that's what he does. And you mentioned the 40 time, 444 for Kyle Pitts. If he ran a 465, even a 475, I think Hawkinson ran the four sevens. <laughs> He's still going to be the fourth, fifth, sixth overall pick. It yeah. does not matter. He is absolutely dominant. His wingspan, if I recall correctly, is the lo- the longest. 83 and three-eighths. That's longer than Makai Becton. Longer than DK Metcalf. It's the longest by any wide receiver tight end in the last 20 years. Is it longer than Makai Becton? That's insane. Just draft Kyle Pitts. It's very simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think if I'm Atlanta or Miami – you know, I'm hoping, I mean, if I'm Atlanta, I'm probably just taking Kyle Pitts at four. Now, if they take a quarterback, I won't begrudge him. Um, if I'm, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm probably thinking about taking Kyle Pitts, even though Jamar Chase, uh, got a heavy recommendation from, um, from Joe Burrow. So maybe they end up going in that direction. Jamar Chase also ran up. Did he run like a four, four, 40? Everybody. Four, three, eight, I think. Four, three, eight. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Four, three, eight, 40 yard dash. Uh, yeah. Jane Slater was on the ground there recording that. He looked pretty fast. He's a freak athlete. What's they had three, they had three receivers that ran the four threes there. Him, Terrace Marshall, who could end up being a first round pick, but I feel like he's more of a second rounder and Racy McMath, who's a special teams demon and not as a returner as sort of a gunner doing all the dirty work and he's excelled at that. But, uh, I suspect Racy McMath will go on day three, but they all ran into the four threes. Uh, there's like somebody, like people on, uh, Twitter, like breaking down, like, like putting timers on this thing. Like, are you sure it's 438? It's more like 442. It's like, who cares? Dude, just go watch him play. That, that, that's right. how you figure out whether a guy's fast or not. I mean, it feels like Jamar Chase and, so I don't think the Falcons will take Jamar Chase because they have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. That would feel, although I guess if you take, if, if you're going to take Kyle Pitts, you could take those guys, right? Yeah. I do wonder though, if you're the Falcons, whether the, to-do list, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot is, okay, quarterback, if we're settled on that, that's the first concern. Second concern, maybe you get an offensive lineman because if Panay Sewell's there, I feel like he gives you more, eh, it's so hard to, than, than Kyle Pitts because of the players that you just mentioned and Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, Kyle Pitts slash Jamar Chase. But I do wonder if you're the Bengals at five. So if you're the Bengals at five, are you taking Panay Sewell if he's there who's Feels like also. Well, let's, well, let's get through, let's, we'll do the mock draft after the break, but let's, I mean, it, it is, it, I, I brought it up. I, I brought up the wrong question. Um, also, no, pro days. No, it's fine. It's fine. That wasn't my fault. It, was, it wasn't your fault. It's my fault. It was um, my fault. You're so used to saying that. <laughs> it's not my fault. Anybody else, uh, stand out to you from LSU's pro day? Uh, no, just the guys that I mentioned, uh, the yeah. three guys to Brooke Cox at the linebacker who transferred from North Dakota State the year before didn't run uh, for hamstring reasons. Uh, but he's, he's a day two pick. Did, uh, Alabama have a second pro day? That's yeah. how many? 
<laughs> ridiculous. And Devontae Smith showed up and he ran some routes. His finger's still not a hundred percent. Um, oh, Mac, Mo- oh, Mac Jones threw at the second pro day. Yeah, I'm sure you were all over Twitter when he kept overthrowing receivers and they were cutting to, to I Bill didn't say a, I didn't say a word about him. They're, no, no, it was, it's funny. I've been asked about it on the radio where, uh, he overthrew a couple of receivers and they, they smashed cut the Bill Belichick shaking his head. Well, and, they, and they, well, there was one where it was like he bombs it over the guy's head and, and like Josh Norris of, uh, underdog fantasy now, a friend of the program, but he, um, Josh was like, like did a super cut where they, he throws it over his head and it cuts to Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan has this like, petrified look on his eyes like right. oh and he looks like joe bluth when he's like i've made a huge mistake um he's the then, dog dog sitting in the room that's on fire but then yeah but then they then like josh added on the jimmy garoppolo overthrow of emmanuel sanders in the super bowl and it's like oh that's almost the identical play there that's that's a shame i i, I thought mac jones looked fine you know what i mean he like i do agree what was what, what was your line about his body like if he if he was like, looked like Tua or. Oh yeah. You put his face on Tua's body and add two inches. Cause he's six two. Tua's only six zero, And no one's talking. He's like, Oh, that guy's a top five pick all day long. But he looks like to your point, uh, he sells commercial real estate. Yeah. I, yeah. It looks like he's like trying to sell you. A, like, yeah. You got to put your brewery in this warehouse, bro. And by the way, he's, ex- he's goofy. Like he is straight up a goober. Uh, I was texting with our buddy JJ. I don't think JJ will care that I said this. Uh, about the pro day where, as it was going on live. And I said, yeah, he's just a, like, he's a goober. Like he, he's just sort of a goofy dude. He did a interview afterwards on NFL network and he, he was goofy and not in a bad way, but he's not, he's not Russ Wilson. He's not Tom Brady was probably goofy like that. If you try to think back 25 years, yeah, but he, he's not, um, he's aloof. No, no, no. He's not Aaron Rodgers or Russ Wilson who are very like robotic and by the book. No, he's, no. He's, aloof. I don't think is aloof means arrogant. Oh, duh. <laughs> do you record that Devo? <laughs> no, he's, he's just like goofy. He's oh. like a, he's I, mean, a I guess aloof means cool and distant. He's yeah. a, he's a goof, not aloof. There you go. But, uh, in the very last play of the, of the pro day, I don't know if you tuned in for the whole thing. They, they ran a triple a, option. He called a touchdown pass. Yeah. In honor of, uh, Navy and to impress Bill Belichick or whatever. But yeah, so, but it's not bad being goofy and, um, it's just, it, it's a stark contrast to what you see from Trevor Lawrence is a good example of a guy who isn't goofy. Justin Fields isn't goofy. Um, Joe, Joe Burrow's goofy, right? Joe Burrow's cool. Like he was okay, goofy yeah. before, before 2019 happened at hundred percent. He was just a goofy backup who, who also looks like he doesn't shave, but Ryan Fitzpatrick goofy. Yeah. Yeah. When you wear that shirt and have that hair, chest hair after the Hawaiian shirts and chest hair. Absolutely. But again, no knock on him. He's just different. Like he's, he's not the, Two was not goofy. Two was very serious. Okay. Very earnest, but whatever. Anyway. Uh, well, so did, does this change your concern? Is it? No, I think for the rest of the mock drafts, uh, 30, mock draft version 31 comes out today as you're listening to this. And I think I have two or three, maybe even four more to go. I think the rest of the way it's going to be my top three are going to be Trevor, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. I don't think unless something comes out where we find so, out that. Well, you should only have f- like four more. I think I do two the last week. Okay. But let's say, let's say you have five more mock drafts. At this point, with the way that it's played out, you shouldn't be changing those top three. Yeah. And that's, no. that's kind of boring, but that's okay. The draft can be like, you know, this happened with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, where, you know, the Rams and the Eagles made the trades. And once you knew who they were taking, there was no reason to do anything silly after that. You know, like you got to yeah. get your, you get your sillies out in March. But I mean, look, Justin Fields could uh, certainly be in the mix at number three, but, um, sure. Mac Jones feels like a guy who can play right away, especially if the plan, despite what the 49ers have said, the plan is to move on from Jimmy G and not let him roll into 2021 as the starter. 
Well, if you're planting your flag in the Mac Jones with Mac Jones and there's all this buzz about Kyle Shanahan taking Mac Jones, you got to stick with Mac Jones at three. Yeah, okay. Um, Bama's pro day, Bama, I mean, Ohio State's pro day, mm. Bama's, Bama's pro day, uh, featured a lot of guys, notably Justin Fields measured six foot two and six, six uh, just under six foot three, 227 pounds, nine and one eighth inch hands, had, uh, a wingspan of almost just shy of 75 inches and, I guess more importantly, I mean, least importantly, I don't know, uh, four, 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 five, forty and had some bombs down the field. Yeah. He looked that, that's the type of pro day performance that gets Twitter, um, all, Buzzing. yeah, all hot and sweaty. I mean, he, his, his pro day was better than Zach Wilson's and Zach Wilson put on a show as well. But again, I always go back to this and I love Justin Fields. And I love Zach Wilson. I think they're all top 10 talents, but again, and I went back and, um, Looked at some YouTube clips because I was curious of how insane it was. Johnny Manziel put on a helmet, wore camo, and as you mentioned, had the former president there, <laughs> had all sorts of people. It was a it was a circus show, and he put on a, a clinic, and he sucked. So, at the end of the day, NFL teams want to see these guys in person. They want to see them throw. They want to see them make certain throws they didn't see them make during the season uh, because that's the offense they're in or whatever. And I'm sure everyone came away incredibly impressed with Justin Fields. I don't. I mean, it's great that he ran a four four. Can change. I don't, I mean, RG3 is the only other guy to run faster. And again, RG3 was good in one year and then injuries sort of curtailed his NFL career. But I, I, I like Justin Fields. He's my quarterback four after my guy, Mac Jones. But uh, if he goes three, I will not be surprised. If he goes seven or eight, I will not be surprised. Uh, he's a good player. I know there's been some conversations about him being last in, first out. I think Dan Orlovsky said that on the Pat McAfee show and then had to, but then walked it back. I think he sprinted backwards. <laughs> After, uh, some, some blowback. But look, here's the thing. I mean, I'm not trying to dog or lofty, but like, I mean, it's 2021. I understand you want to get, you want to get attention. You want to, you know, if you get information, you want to be able to use that information to drive your profile. But like, maybe let's not throw out unsubstantiated, unless you feel comfortable of like, like standing up to any backlash about it. Yeah, you got to lean into it. Uh, if that's what you hear, that's what you're feeling. That's fine. I mean, you're going to rip, if you're going to rip a, a young dude's work ethic, you better be confident that that's the case and not walk it back the second you get like any sort of backlash on it at all. And um, I'm not trying to call it Orlovsky, but I mean, no, he deserves to be called out. That's crap. If you're getting, he's, he's a 20 year old kid who I haven't heard anything about him being lazy, but if Orlovsky hasn't, you know, own it, my man. But I mean, that kid now has to deal with that, has to answer questions about that. And then, you can't use the excuse. <laughs> I mean, his own, his own colleague, Kirk Herbstreit, came out and was like, what, uh, what is he talking about? Yeah, that was. The dude played against Clemson with like four broken ribs. Like, are we sure about this guy's work ethic? If that's what you're hearing, you know, lean into it, but don't moonwalk it back and say, oh, I talked to some other people. I mean, it's not, this isn't your first rodeo. So yeah, I, that's not, you couldn't, if you're not willing to stand up for it, you need to, you need to hold off on reporting it on the first place. Like, don't go out there and, and blast some kid's character unless you're willing to, you know, unless you're willing to, unless you're confident these sources are, are giving you the exact, like the, the, the hundred percent truth. Do not, you know, you better not, you know, they're not smoke screening um, you. Yeah. Um, and look, I mean, like Bucky Brooks, you know, I mean, came out and, what Bucky didn't pull it, 
Bucky, Bucky Brooks tweeted, it always appears that certain quarterbacks are labeled as lazy or lacking great work ethic, while others are lauded for their IQ and mental capacities. It would be nice if we wouldn't routinely affix stereotypes to only black quarterbacks. Non-black quarterbacks never get these labels on TV. Weird, right? I mean, he's, he's not wrong. Uh-uh. You'd ever hear like, Mac Jones is the, you know, like the first, I mean, not like I'm saying Mac Jones is lazy at all. It's just, um, it all, it almost, it always is the black quarterback. It feels like not to, it just is like, my only, my only thing is, look, if you were just, you know, if just starting out your own blog and you had four followers and you said that it would, there would be no one to hear it. But dude, you played in the NFL for nearly a decade. You've been on television for several years now. You know how this works. Come on. No. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Justin Fields was like adamant that, like he was like like willing to like protest that the season was going to play. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It it seems like look if he's lazy, own it. But I mean, don't don't be moonwalking it back. Is all I'm saying because you you got a little blowback for saying things you probably feel like you shouldn't have said. Yeah. Um. Yep. You gonna walk it back? Don't say it in the first place. Anyway. Uh. Anything else from Ohio State's pro days? Trey Sermon, very good. Trey Sermon's good. Look, I don't love him as much as some people do. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. He had sort of an up-and-down season. He finished strong and then got hurt um, in, in the playoffs. Uh, Josh Myers, a center, he'll get drafted. Uh, he may get drafted day two, definitely by early day three. Wyatt Davis is a guy who didn't play quite as well as I was hoping he would play this season, but he he's a first-round talent that may end up going in round two. And then Baron Brown is one of my favorite linebackers who is t- slightly undersized, but I would take him in, in – Mid bottom of round two, except the new age linebackers we've seen running all over the place, destroying people recently in the last seven, eight, nine years. The uh, Miami Hurricanes had their pro day with a bunch of edge prospects: Gregory Rousseau, Jalen Phillips, notably. Uh, did he, either guy stand out? Jalen Phillips ran in the four sub four fives. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's crazy. Monsters. And Rousseau ran, I think, in the four sevens, which is fantastic for his size. Yeah, four seven two. He just opted out this year, and he's less polished than Jalen Phillips. He's healthier. Jalen Phillips has an injury history, especially concussion history. But Jalen Phillips, to me, is the better player right now. It's just a matter of whether you're okay as an NFL team with his medicals. The four four two, the four four that he ran is, is fantastic, but the way he played is even better. And Rousseau, you just have to sort of project. Um, he's not thin in the lower body. He just needs to a little add a few pounds. And is he going to continue to progress? as a former wide receiver making the move. It, it um, might even be a situation where, like, if you have a starting defensive end spot, Phillips is your guy. And if you have a rotational spot, Rousseau like, is your The you Saints know. make a ton of sense for Rousseau in terms of Cam Jordan's there. There's not a lot of pressure. Hendrickson's gone. They could use a guy to come in. and Mark yeah, Davenport's still there. That's the point, right? So you, you can sort of rotate, have the yeah, rotation. Right, 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 right. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Alden Smith sort of situation where as a rookie, Alden Smith had 14 or 15 sacks. He didn't start one game. But you don't need him to come in and be like an anchor against the run. Right, exactly. Uh, North Carolina's pro day, Javante Williams has gotten some buzz. Did he increase that buzz? And, uh, how about, uh, Michael Carter? Chaz Surratt, former quarterback turned, uh, middle linebacker. Yeah. And the ACC defensive player of the year somehow. He's good. That's a, what do you mean somehow? Who should it have been? A lean man? <laughs> no, it was just a, it was a surprising, like it. It was a surprising plot twist. Oh, okay. Yeah. And his brother, Stacey Surratt, who plays, wait, well, Wide receiver Wake Forest who yep. who opted out. Uh Javante rated four five eight, I believe, and people on uh, some people on Twitter were like, Oh my god, that ruins everything. No one cares. Like you could I think Josh Jacobs ran high four fives, maybe the four six. Javante Williams is good, and he could end up being the first wide uh, corner <laughs> running back taken. Uh, <laughs> definitely top three. Michael Carter, his running back made it at um UNC. 
probably late second, early third. He's just, he's so good. They're different players. Once Michael's a little smaller than Javante. I think Michael ran four, five, five. Chasserot, we mentioned, he's still learning the position. Sometimes he, he's not as instinctive as you want a linebacker to be, but he played quarterback, but he's smart. He's fast. He makes a lot of plays. Dami Brown, um, I've talked to teams that like him in the second round. I don't love him. There are a lot of people that love him on Twitter. He doesn't quite do it for me, but a lot of teams are interested in him as a sort of a, a deep prospect. Running deep routes all day long, and Daz Newsom was a slot guy, your typical five nine, five ten slot guy who who handles the middle. Um, had a better twenty nineteen than twenty twenty, but uh, I don't think he goes in day two. I think day three is probably more likely for Daz Newsom. Okay, and uh, Texas A and M notable because Kellen Mond uh, trying to force his way to the big six quarterbacks. Uh, is he is he doing that, or is he or is he just too raw as a as a prospect? No, he's not raw. He started all four years. Is he not raw? I feel like he's like athletic, but like not he's, polished. Here's the thing. That's you're not far off. He is my number six quarterback right now too. I, I just redid the rankings and sent him to producer Jack last week. He played for four years. I watched him over the summers. I go, this guy's so frustrating. He makes a ton of mistakes. He forces ball. Yeah, I guess then, that's that's sort of what I meant. It's like yeah, yeah. And then this year, 2020, he had some amazing games. He played insanely well against Florida. He beat Florida. Played really well against uh, Alabama. Really game against Arkansas. He did struggle against LSU and Mississippi State, I believe it was, but. You can find every quarterback that struggle, but I love the way he plays. Ran four five nine. He's excuse me, certainly tall enough, almost six three. And my latest mock two round mock draft, which comes out today if you're listening to this on Monday, I got the Steelers taking him in the second round. Okay. Oh. I'm I'm mixing up. Usually I had him going I had like I think he's like a high third round guy. Davis Mills is another guy. Prisco loves Davis Mills out of Stanford. It's more of a traditional pocket passer, quote unquote. But I like um Kellen Mond is number six, Davis Mills is number seven, and Kyle Trask is number eight. And I think all those guys are, are definitely um, off the board by the middle of the third round. All right, good stuff. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll look at Ryan Wilson's top 12 coming out of all of these pro days. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right, so we will uh, laser in on the mock draft, but maybe you're still worried about baseball season, and if that's the case, you want to dominate your fantasy baseball leagues, make sure and listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in five. Stay up to date. Frank Stanfield. 
Chris Towers, Scott White will have all the news, information, waiver wire advice, pictures to stream in just five minutes or less. Download and follow anywhere you listen to this podcast. Baseball season's here. It's lovely. Draft season, baseball season, master season. What a week to be alive. Let's look at your top 12. As we mentioned before, you know, leading up to it, the top three is probably locked in. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Jaguars, Jets, 49ers in that, in the, in 49ers in that crazy trade. That seems like it's basically a done deal. And then it's just, it'll be fascinating to see how the next, I, I mean, obviously the draft starts with the Falcons, but the next five picks, maybe six picks are really interesting because you have Atlanta that could draft a quarterback, Cincinnati that could go offensive tackle or weapon for, for uh, Joe Burrow. My, uh, Miami at six almost certainly you know, I guess they could go offensive tackle too, but feels like they're going to go, uh, go weapon. And then Pant, Detroit and Carolina, what will they do? Will they draft a quarterback? And then you have, uh, Denver as well that would probably like to get a quarterback, but I don't know that they'll see one there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of question that was. I guess what, like you have a, you have the Falcons and Kyle Pitts in this latest edition of the exercise. Um, yeah. And we talked about it earlier uh, that they're, Conversations I would imagine be quarterback off the tackle and then Kyle Pitts. And, um, that'll be one huge domino. Uh, you've talked about this before. The Panthers are not going to be able to trade with the Falcons. Like the Falcons ain't trading with the Panthers, even if it's for San Francisco 49ers type hall, I don't think. So maybe the Broncos trade up from nine. I mean, maybe that's a team. Hey, that can- hey by the way, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that people have like realized this, but I mean, like the Falcons redid Matt Ryan's contract to free up some salary cap space, right? Okay. This year, they're not cutting him this year. We've all, we've all agreed on that. Yeah. Yeah. It would be 60, $65 million in dead cap space. Next year, if they cut him, it'd be $40 million in dead cap space. I don't think they're cutting him. What's the post June one though? I think it's like down to 25 or something, isn't it? Yeah. That's a weird thing when you cut Matt Ryan after, uh, it would be a post June one trade or cut would be $25 million in dead cap space. You would save 23, 20, almost $24 million in cap space. So yeah, I mean, that's plausible, but you don't get that space until June one. Like, right. You know? Yeah, that's right. You can announce or, it or whatever, but yeah, you can cut them and you can cut them all you want, but you won't get it until June one. So I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think you're all, I think you're going in the right direction here by giving them Kyle, Kyle Pitts. They, you know, you could make the case that they draft a tackle, but they have Jake Matthews who's still playing at a high level and they drafted Caleb McGarry in the first round of 2019. So yep. I think, I think you're looking at, you know, Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone come in and, and think that they can coach this offensive line up. Um, I, I think they're just a lot more likely to take a, a weapon like Kyle Pitts. It's funny. Every time we say Arthur Smith, I'm thinking Arthur Blank. It's like Arthur Blank's not to coach this team. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Uh, um, I was on Matt Tabeek's, uh, Bird Noises podcast when he was with the Falcons uh, a couple weeks ago. He asked me, what are your, give me your thoughts on Arthur Smith. And I started by saying, I love Home Depot because I thought that's a weird question. He's asking me about Arthur Blank, but anyway. like, I love Lowe's. I came back and said, uh, I love FedEx. Is that his thing? UPS? Yeah. What is he? Well, his dad's FedEx, right? Yeah. Um, then yeah, the Bengals go Panay Sewell at five instead of Jamar Chase. I think that's the responsible thing to do, yeah, but I think, right. I think they might try to make Burrow happy by going Jamar Chase. So if you're the Bengals and you have the fifth pick and then you pick at the top of the third round, uh, the top of the second round, are you taking slam dunk off to tackle and then circling back and getting, um, the six wide receiver? Or are you taking slam dunk Jamar Chase and then getting the sixth or seventh offensive tackle? Well, what's, who's better, the sixth offensive tackle or the sixth wide, like? The sixth wide receiver is probably better. I mean, I think that's the play. The question is, 
if you go, so the problem is like, we don't know where they are at their, with their evaluation of, um, Jonah Williams because, and we talked about this, maybe Jonah Williams slides inside and he plays guard. Yeah. And then you, you know, you have Panay Sewell at tackle. Um, you know, they signed Riley Reef in the offseason. So it feels like they're sort of committed to those tackles. Um, they have T Higgins and Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. They could certainly use one more guy. I mean, you know, Alden Tate has flashed at times, but if you added, if you threw in, I think if you threw in Jamar Chase with that group, you know, you, I mean, you can start to see something coming together for the Bengals offensively. Yeah. So I had him take a Panay Sewell and then Rashad Bateman, who ran in the fourth sub four fours, which I'm sure is no surprise, the Minnesota wide receiver at the top of the second round. And that ain't a bad haul. Rashad Bateman ain't Jamar Chase, but his 2019 season was much better than 2020. He had COVID, the pandemic, Big Ten, all that are, are reasons why. So I don't hate Panay Sewell and Rashad Bateman, but Jamar Chase and like who would someone like Dylan Raddins out of North Dakota State would, would be the alternative. And I, I think I'd rather have Sewell and Bateman. Okay. Uh, and then you have the Dolphins going Jamar Chase and, uh, you know, sure. I think, I think for Miami, it's Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Who's there for us? And, and if you're, 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 I guess you're daggered if the Falcons and Bengals go Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, but yeah, you got Devontae Smith, you got Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Or you could take an offensive tackle if you think, or that, you could take, right. Panacea will definitely be there if those, uh, Two teams yeah. go in the direction you just mentioned. I mean, they invested a first round pick in Austin Jackson. Um, but you know. Yeah, but and, you and, have Austin Jackson, you have Panay Sewell playing on the right side, and you have Robert Hunt, their second round pick last year, kicked inside. I mean, that's. Or you move Austin Jackson to right side, let Panay Sewell play left side. I mean, it's not like yeah. Austin Jackson was a top five pick. No, but he was like a top 20 pick. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, they're, you can move those guys around. It, and, and they have, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Miami's in a really good spot to, Take take what comes to him in the draft to be happy with it. Uh, and then the Lions at seven, Justin Fields, Panthers at eight, Trey, Lance, the, the Broncos get daggered. But I think you feel pretty good if you're Detroit and Carolina that you were able to get a top four quarterback or top five quarterback, excuse me, uh, without moving away off of seven and eight. Yeah, this is the first time in since January, I believe, that had the Lions taken a, a quarterback, certainly since Jared Goff. But I just can't imagine that. They're sold on Jared Goff as a long-term answer if Justin Fields is sitting there. I, I feel like you have to take Justin Fields. You can't just roll with Jared Goff and fingers crossed hope that it happens. I think the Panthers would be, would probably love to have Justin Fields fall to them and maybe they try to move up. I mean, are the Bengals ever going to trade down in the history of? I don't, my, see, that's the thing is I don't think Atlanta wants to move down. I think yeah. Atlanta, I think Atlanta would move down for the right price. Maybe not with Carolina. I think that'd be tough. I don't think Cincinnati's moving down and Miami obviously wants to drafted six because they gave up they lost a first rounder to to move back up right. to six. So I think if you four if the Falcons take a take someone at four, five and six are stagnant and you're the if you're the Lions and the Panthers, you feel pretty good that you're gonna get one of those quarterbacks. Yeah. No, I think the Lions, if they're staring Justin Bills in the face, are taking them. There's no I mean why would what would you what are you gonna do? Take yeah. Micah Parsons? Come on. Yeah. Uh and I, I I have no problem with the Lions drafting players because they need bodies, but yeah, I mean, if you know, if you think Justin Fields is the guy, you definitely take him. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the top ten, I think, rounds out pretty. I don't say obviously. I mean, Patrick Sertan makes a lot of sense for the Cowboys there. I think they'll certainly go defense. Um, and Jalen Waddle for the Giants. That's interesting. That's uh, you know, I I don't know that they definitely go off like wide receiver after taking after yeah, they signing have Kenny Galladay. Galladay. They have Sterling Sharp and they have Darius Slayton. I mean, you you have room for one more legit off the below the top off the covers playmaker. 
They can go offensive line there. I have had them take an offensive line and Giants fans yell and scream about it, but they need to help along the offensive line. Yep. And, uh, Rashawn Slater for the Eagles at 12. I don't think you can be too mad about that if you're, you know, if you're Debo. Maybe make the case you want Devontae Smith instead. I actually, I take that back. Eagles fans will scream if they get take an offensive lineman there, even though it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, probably. I mean, Devontae Smith fills a need, but it doesn't matter if you have Devontae Smith wide ass open if he's running for if Jalen Hurts is running for his life because no one can block. Yep, exactly. All right, that's the top 12. That's the Mock Draft 8.0 for the podcast. Mock Draft 30 for Ryan Wilson. 31 is coming up this week. Wilson, we will. Uh, I'm sure we will chat again many, many times in the coming days. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.